Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Every year, KQED food editor Luke Sai makes a list of the most delicious individual dishes that he had that year. It's a must-read for me so I can catch up on all the things I would like to have eaten. This year, it's got everything from a heavyweight ramen to a classic dish at a new Haitian restaurant to a beautiful slice of bread. So, for this edition of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, where we explore the Bay Area's food cultures, we'll talk with him and other local restaurant critics about the best things they ate last year, and I'll grumble enviously. That's all coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're back with the new edition of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai. That's our bi-weekly collaboration with the food team here at the station where we explore the Bay Area's food cultures. Thanks for joining us as always, Luke. Thanks so much for having me, Alexis. And we're also joined this morning by Elena Kadavni, food writer with the San Francisco Chronicle, also covered South Bay food scene for quite a while. Thanks for joining us, Elena. Thanks for having me. And we've got Lauren Saria, editor at Eater SF. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, Luke, we're doing the show because it's kind of list time in the restaurant world as well as uh, uh, other places. How did you think about putting together this list of kind of the best dishes that you you ate? I mean, I think I just kept it pretty simple. <laughs> you know, like these were just um, dishes that made me really happy this year. Um, and I think, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of things, you know, I think um, a lot of us who are food writers, like we put together these lists and maps all the time. Um, and there is something to be said with like, the sort of thought that goes behind curating something like that. Like, I'm always like trying to be aware of wanting to represent like all the different cuisines that we have in the Bay Area, um, wanting to have like a little bit of geographic diversity. So it's not like mm-hmm. Oakland, San Francisco, Oakland, San Francisco, Oakland, San yes. Francisco, which is how a lot of these lists go. And and of course, since I live um, up in, in Richmond in the East Bay, um, just by sheer, you know, proximity, I'm eating at a lot of places in like Richmond and El Cerrito. And I try to give those places some love that don't often show up on these kinds of lists also. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, you know, one, one thing I would say is like, um, I noticed this and I, I, I tweeted about it afterwards. I put together this top 10 list of dishes, um, that I had eaten this year. And then I, after I selected all the photos, I noticed like every dish that I picked, 
um, was was like brown, like brown <laughs> or beige. You're anti-vegetable, like, Luke. You're like, you know brown. what? I'm over greens. Um, brown on top of brown, you know. And I think that, like this was an issue like when I was um, doing food coverage for like glossy magazines. You know, it was like my editor would be like, you know, we can't feature this. Like it doesn't it doesn't look good. Like there's you know it's not colorful enough. Um, but you know, I remember having this conversation recently with um Nigella Lawson, obviously legendary um cookbook author. And she was talking about and I and and I was on the same wavelength with her about just her love of brown food because mm-hmm. like the brown foods are like the stews, a lot of a lot of like the homey kind of comfort foods um are brown and they might not be conventionally beautiful um in the sense of <laughs> but like they have a heart a of, of gold colors. Yeah. exactly um and and i think in times where you know there there's like a lot of hard things going on in the world um we're looking for that kind of comfort a lot of times so 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 you know you see that a lot on my list as well elena kadvani a food writer with san francisco chronicle when you put together any kind of list, are you thinking about locals? Are you thinking about tourists? Are you thinking like who who do you think about when you're trying to, you know, presenting our food scene to the world? That's a good question. I think I think mostly about locals since our readers mostly live in the Bay Area. Um, but I do think about sort of what would be a really special meal for someone who's never been here before or wants to experience Bay Area food. Um, but anything I would put on a list like this is something that I really believe in. I think about it a lot. I tell people to go to these places. Um, so I, I stand by it. Yeah. I mean, Lauren, I feel like Eater is known for its lists. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the go-to. You go to another city and you're like, is there an Eater list so I can figure out where to go? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you all have like an intense process where you work through the lists at Eater? Uh, we do have sort of like a, a set process for how we update maps and lists on a regular basis because we do our team does like one a day which is kind of a lot when you really think about it (laughs) um and for for gathering up like our best dishes we do uh a a list of the best dishes that we've eaten week by week so uh i all i had to do was go back go back (laughs) (laughs) what i said was the best um okay we all know we're gonna get to the list now we all know that the most important meal of the day breakfast. Uh, Maybe not, actually, but still a (laughs) crucial part of the day. And I want to start out um, with that. Let's do a little round the horn. Let's start with you, Luke, your favorite breakfast dish from 2023. Yeah, this I mean, this is like a little bit cheaty, I guess, because it's it's really something I've mostly eaten at home. But I wrote about this on my list, like the most kind of bourgeois (laughs) food habit that I picked up this year is, you know, almost every Sunday morning, I'll go to the Marin Farmer's Market, as I do. Um, and uh, But what was new this year uh, was I started uh, going every week and buying a $16 loaf of sourdough. And that's like something that I would have mocked myself for at various <laughs> times in my life. People who grew up with me would probably mock me for that. Um, but uh, this isn't just any sourdough. Um, the the one that I always try to get is um, Rise Up Bakery. Uh, this black-owned bakery um, based in San Francisco has a stand um, at the Marin Farmer's Market. And they do this sort of Korean-inspired um, sourdough called the K-pop um, that's, like, infused with gochujang. Um, uh, it has, like, toasted black sesame seeds. Um, it has whole cloves of, like, sweet like roasted garlic kind of studded and embedded 
into the whole thing, which I think is the best part of it. So it's like got a little garlic bread kind of thing going on too. Um, and all I do is I just slice it in the morning and toast it up like on the flat top <laughs> and just smear it with butter. And it's the simplest thing. Uh, but it is like for like the two or three days that it at lasts because everyone in my family loves this bread. Um, it is like the most heavenly <laughs> breakfast, just that and a cup of coffee. Um, and I'm good to go for the day. We're talking with local food writers about their favorite dishes from the past year. This is All You Can Eat, of course, with Luke Sy, our food editor here at KQED. We're also joined by Lauren Sari, who's the editor at Eater SF, and Elena Kadvani, food writer with the San Francisco Chronicle. We want to hear from you. What's the best thing you ate in 2023? You can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. You can find us on all the social channels. You can go on the Discord or you can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. I uh, asked on my Instagram and got some pretty fun things. Uh, Emily writes, the waffle at Bombetta, which they only serve at brunch, which apparently they only do once a year. Quite a flex, <laughs> uh, Emily. Uh, also got uh, Rawa wrote in to say the burger at Maddie's Old Fashioned, which also sounds amazing. Um, and Lauren wrote in to say the hot focaccia at Day Trip. And we'll get to some more of those um, along the way. Um, Lauren, do you want to give us a breakfast uh, best dish? Sure. Yeah. I I think the first thing that came to mind is the Portuguese egg tarts from this itty bitty bakery downtown. It opened kind of late this year and I will happily tell the entire world that Elena <laughs> wrote about it first. So I have her to thank for this um, egg tart spot called Holy Nata. And Holy it is Nata. They're it, so good. They're so good. And like you have to, I you know, you got to order, um, call and or text and order in advance because they sell out a lot of times. But I picked up a box and brought them into uh, share with my colleagues. And they were they're just they're so flaky and the, and they're just the right amount of sweet to savory. They'll, what is a Portuguese egg tart? It is. Um, I mean, if you've had like a dim sum, like like that style of egg tart, quite similar. Yeah. So they're small. Um, like that creamy egg kind of custardy, mm-hmm. kind of so it's not like a quiche. No, and it's mm-hmm. sweet, and then they kind of burnish the top of it, so yes. it's a little like crackly on the top, like a um, like a creme brulee. Yes, ah. and, and they'll put a dusting of cinnamon on top if you want. So I do like half and half. It's so good. Holy nada! And it's this very charming, tiny, tiny, tiny little storefront on this alley in downtown San Francisco. Yes. So. You'll you'll smell it. Like you'll come down the <laughs> alleyway and you can just smell like fresh pastry and butter and sugar, and it's just better than a subway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elena, how about you? Um, do you have a, a like a breakfast fave? Yes. Well, can I do two? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them is the egg and cheese bagel from Poppy Bagels in oh, Oakland. Yeah. And they only do this on weekdays. First it started just Thursday and Fridays, and now it's every weekday, which is slightly annoying because maybe you want it on the weekend. But um, <laughs> it's good to go out of your way for a treat on the weekday too. Um, and it's just folded egg, um, roasted tomato butter, which I feel like is very special. Ooh. And um, you can add, oh, and has cheese. And you can add salsa matcha or avocado if you want. And I just think Poppy does some of the best bagels in the Bay Area. So obviously the vessel it's on is excellent. Oh, that's awesome. I There is also um, 
from our listeners, another bagel shout out, the Togarashi bagel from Hella Bagels. Mm. I haven't had that. I haven't either. I haven't had that. Luke, did, do you, did we get stumped here though? He stumped the panel? <laughs> no, I haven't had that either, but oh. that sounds great. Oh, oh. man. Um, it does feel like bagels are, are a real thing right now. Lauren, I see you nodding your head. Yes. I Well, I live... I, I love Poppy. It's just across the bridge, which for a bagel, that's quite a ways to go. But I live uh, in walking proximity to Schlock's Bagels, which is also excellent bagels. And there are new, there's new places opening, though, too, right? I feel like there was when Boychick opened, there was literally a New York Times article about, hey, there are bagels in the Bay Area. Right. Yeah, I feel like we've had this whole wave of new bagel spots. So now you can have your Schlock's, you can have mm-hmm. your Poppy. There's places all over the East Bay. It feels like, you know, 10 years ago that we're not great bagels in the Bay Area. We were not known for our bagels. Um, and maybe people in New York would still disagree. With <laughs> but um, I think we have so many now that are so good to choose from. Yeah. yeah, I'm always on the hunt for like really good chilaquiles. Like I can make a version at home. And of course, like every version is kind of good. It's hard not to like put eggs on tortilla chips and not have it taste kind of good drowned in sauce. But is there like one spectacular chilaquiles? Man, I don't have a chilaquiles recommendation. No, Luke, either. do you have one? Um, yeah, like, I don't know about, like, um, perfect, you know, but I, but I do have, uh, like, a couple thoughts, like, one, like, a kind of very everyday kind of spot, um, is, um, this newish sort of Mexican-American brunt spot in Berkeley called Nuevo Sol, um, and they do, like, you know, for instance, you can get a very solid, like, corned beef hash there um and then they also serve breakfast burritos and they also serve a very spicy homey version of chilaquiles that you can get with either the red or the green sauce or or you can get both and they sort of mix (laughs) them together and then turns into kind of like an orange sauce a brown sauce yeah (laughs) orange is brownish um we're we're talking with local food writers about their favorite dishes from the past year we've got luke sai as always food editor with kqed we've got elena Kadvani, food writer with The Chronicle, and we've got Lauren Saria, Eater SF's editor. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're joined this morning by Luke Sai, food editor at KQED, because this is All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, our regular series exploring the Bay Area's food cultures. Also joined by Elena Kadvani, uh, food writer with The Chronicle, and Lauren Saria, editor at Eater SF. And we want to hear from you 
Did you discover a new dish at a restaurant or did you decide that an old favorite at a restaurant is the best thing you ate in 2023? We want to hear about it. You can email us forum at kqed.org. You can find us on the social channels. Go to the digital community on the Discord or give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. You can shout out your favorite dish at your favorite restaurant. That's 866-733-6786. Um, got a couple of other folks. Moo over on the Discord writes, Bill Affair Restaurant in West San Jose has been around since 1979, but I went there for the first time just before the new year. I had their mama's yogurt, and it was wonderful. It's both creamy and fluffy, and it's an old family recipe that has been passed down in the owner's family. The owner... George Spilios was greeting the tables and told me the story of how his grandfather would make it daily. Don't be deceived. It is served in a dessert parfait glass, but it is very filling. Man, I love a shout out for like a special yogurt. Yeah, Yeah, that's new to me. I know. I'm like, who's going to write the story? Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like 2024, the year of the yogurt. Um, That actually (laughs) makes a lot of sense, I think, somehow. Yeah. Luke, let's uh, go to another um, thing on your list. Why don't you tell us uh, about, like, one of your faves? Yeah. Are we still on breakfast? I think we can, we, can move, we can move on. For, we, I mean, if anyone has more breakfast, they can, they can sprinkle <laughs> it back in. But we can, we can move yeah. on to the other meals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, and I feel like as food writers, we can get uh, very jaded because, you know, like, uh, you know, since I've been doing this at a job as a job, like I eat out um, not nearly as much as I did when I was like reviewing restaurants, but still like way more than the average person. And so uh, I feel like, you know, I go to restaurants and, and it's like perfectly good. And like maybe in the past I would be excited, but now it's kind of just like humdrum, like, oh, yeah, that that was fine, you know. Um, But, you know, so I think I really notice it when I go to a place um, and it's just like amazing. And um, immediately after the first bite, like I'm like taking pictures, texting like three friends like, hey, you've got to go check this out. Um, And so for me, that place this year was Tachaka. Uh, which is this new Haitian restaurant mm-hmm. um, that actually opened in the same location where Miss Ali's um, oh, used yeah. to be in Old Oakland. So it's Foreign kind of favorite, very, Miss Ali's. Very, yeah, and very fitting um, because Miss Ali's was, you know, such a standard bearer for Afro-Caribbean cuisine and to have um, really one of the only representatives of um, Haitian cuisine in the Bay Area to open in that spot, mm-hmm. I feel like was very fitting. Um, but I went there randomly for lunch just because, you know, I was intrigued and I ordered uh, gr- the griot, which was a dish that I had never had before. And it's like sort of described as one of Haiti's national dishes. It's this fried pork dish um, that, you know, I've eaten a lot of fried pork, uh, <laughs> but this was like this was like revelatory, like. Uh, platonic ideal (laughs) fried pork you know like the 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 crispy exterior the melting in your mouth interior and just like that Mm. deep deep porky flavor um and that was a dish and they have this like amazing house made um uh uh, pepper sauce also um and that was a dish where like i literally took i was two bites in and i was like (laughs) doing the annoying thing where i'm like typing on my phone like you gotta you gotta come try this oh man Um, so everybody you know, they also do like amazing um, braised oxtails. 
They do, uh, if you're more in a breakfasty, brunchy mood, they do saltfish and ackee, um, just all, all these sort of great classic Caribbean dishes, but in a sort of uh, unique, uh, specifically Haitian style. Yeah. Um, so check out Tachaka in, um, in Old Oakland. Elena, Lauren, do you want to give, like, was there a restaurant that, like, hit you where, even though you're a food writer, you were, you were texting the friends, not just the colleagues? Man. I know we I know we have one that we both agree yes. on. Oh, <laughs> what's that one? Yeah. And then let's hear the one you disagree on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we I we both I know we we both really enjoyed meals at Shane War down in Monterey this year. Oh, Carmel yeah. Carmel by the Sea, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um and that restaurant um it actually opened in late 2022, I believe, like kind of right before the end of the year. So this is now its first full year in business. And it's a husband and wife who used to live and work in restaurants here up in the city and then moved their family down the coast and opened this restaurant that is sort of a French bistro inspired restaurant with a lot of um, coastally sourced ingredients. So stuff lo- that's local to where their restaurant is. And um, I just... It, I did the um, menu option where they'll just kind of cook for you. And it was, you know, probably 10 different dishes and every single one was just very exciting. Um, And the inspiration, you know, it is sort of mostly French inspired, but there was they do some there was like a Spanish tapas inspired dish that used local abalone um, and um, local bay laurel. And it just was such a it just really made you feel so in the place that you were, yes. yeah. um, it made me feel. It was just I don't know. Made me so happy, and the presentation was very fresh and original, which I appreciated. As it's well. also kind of shocking because, like, I was in Carmel earlier this year looking for a place to eat, and I was like, "Wow, this is like the height of corniness when it comes to food." You're just <laughs> sort of like, you're like, it's not even. It, yeah, it, it's brutal. It um, and I love Carmel, and and it's really beautiful, obviously, but it didn't seem like a hotbed of like innovative cuisine, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's starting to shift a little bit. And the fact that Chez Noir exists and they won their first Michelin star last year, which is a big deal for that region. Um, I spent a week in there in October and also in, in Monterey and ate a lot and ate very well. Mm. Um, there's a really great bakery in Monterey called Ad Astra that I loved. Um, but Chez Noir was just so special. I went to celebrate my first wedding anniversary and it felt very appropriate for that but I look forward to going back for any other occasion special or not um and yeah it felt so of that place um they told us there was some uh prawn special and it was a fisherman who comes into the bar at night but he caught those shrimp that morning and they were being served right then it was just yeah very very special um while we're talking um some seafood here we got two interesting whole fish recommendations um from listeners Robin uh, wrote in to recommend the whole grilled fish at Good to Eat in Emeryville. Mm. And Zoel uh, wrote in to recommend the coastal whole fish curry at Wajiwa in Hayward. Luke, do you have a whole fish, which I, I love making whole fish at home, like on the grill. It's such a fun and awesome presentation to, to make. But what do you what do you got restaurant-wise, Luke? Yeah, I um I don't have um anything new uh from this year um but i love um the sichuan style water boiled fish um which you can get with like filleted fish but you can also get it with a whole fish 
Um, and that's that's like the fish that comes like sort of poached in that bright red sauce, mm -hmm. uh, which has that classic um, Sichuan mala. You know, it's like spicy, but it also numbs your mouth. Um, so it's like you're you're sort of a little on fire, but um, the numbing kind of lets you endure the heat and and makes you salivate and want more. Um, and so, you know, there's a couple places that that I always go to for that. One of them is um, this restaurant Sichuan style, um, uh, sort of on the Albany Berkeley border mm -hmm. um, on Solano Avenue. Um, so that's that's like the first thing that immediately comes to mind. But honestly, like whole fish like if i see that on a menu like i'm i'm going to order it like <laughs> i think um it it speaks to the ambitions of a restaurant um i feel like uh to be able to feel like they can pull that off and also to feel like their customers yeah um are going to be up for that you know like it it feels like i'm respected as a customer <laughs> when when you when you sort of say like okay i like i know you're gonna know what to do with this um and then of course of course um if you do uh you leave those bones pretty clean <laughs> yeah. um let's bring in uh lara in san francisco who has an answer to my plea for help on chilaquiles welcome hi uh this is laura i'm actually new to the bay area i moved from memphis Tennessee about two years ago, and one of the first places um, I experienced, one of my first culinary experiences was on an online date at the Ferry Building, Ferry Building Farmer's Market. Um, a classic, a classic. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was classic. Uh, there was not a second date, but there were many more <laughs> visits to uh, <laughs> the uh, chilaquiles served at the Ferry Building Farmer's Market. It's thick. Uh, homemade chips with a beautiful green sauce. I couldn't let this subject be passed up without mentioning it. It is just perfection. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Laura. I appreciate that that shout out and that help. Um, we've got another uh, listener with a breakfast recommendation, um, which is the ham and cheese croissant at Madrona Bakery in Mill Valley. Pretty tough. We're very close to uh, Tartine um, manufactory here at the station. I have to like intentionally never go past. Uh, <laughs> it's like those ham and cheese croissants are so amazing, but they're also so enormous and so intense, you know? Mm -hmm. um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit um, about one of your other uh, recommendations. Elena, do you want to uh, hit us off with just one of your, one of your faves from the year? Yeah, I really fell in love with Kajiken in San Mateo this year. Um, it opened, or last year, sorry, don't know what year it is. <laughs> it opened, it's a um, ramen shop and it specializes in abura soba, which is a particular style of ramen that is pretty hard to find in the Bay Area. So I think that makes, makes it feel more um, special. It's a brothless style of ramen. So it's served with um, a bunch of different sauces in the bottom of the bowl with the noodles and toppings on top and you sort of aggressively mix it all together when it lands on the table. And so it's really saucy and like emulsified and it's so good. They make um, fresh noodles and it's, you can watch them make them if you get a seat sort of by this window where there's mm -hmm. the noodle making machine and the person feeding the dough and it's really, really, really good. Luke, you also had a, a maximal ramen on your, uh, on your list. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is in San Jose. Um, and it's this place called Ramen Champ. Um, and what they specialize, they call it the Buta Max Ramen. 
Uh, but basically, it's modeled after this style of ramen from Tokyo called Jiro style. Um, there's this uh, famous sort of um, cult favorite chain of, of ramen restaurants, uh, mostly in Tokyo called uh, Jiro Ramen. Um, and it's really popular with like university students um, in Japan uh, because it's this like enormous uh, bowl of ramen um, that is topped. Like everything is extreme. Um, it's topped. The, the first thing you notice, it, it's topped with so much cabbage and bean sprouts that you can't see anything else. It's like a, <laughs> a mountain of bean sprouts on top of it. Um, and then like the pork is like, instead of the sort of slices that you normally get of pork belly, they're like really thick chunks. Um, there's like a, a, a huge pile of just raw garlic um, on top. And then another huge pile of just like pork fat, like the soft, like little nubs of pork fat. <laughs> um, and you, you mix everything together, but somehow like the broth is is just really good and really clean tasting. It's it's like a um, it's like um, uh, a, a soy based soy sauce based mm -hmm. um, broth, um, and you know you eat it and you're you're thinking to yourself like this is this is a gimmick like it's not going to taste good. But then you just keep on eating and you just <laughs> keep on eating, um, and especially when we have we have the sort of like rainy chilly weather that we've been having a little bit of. It's like the thing that I think about the most. Um, so yeah, uh, ramen champ and also extremely unique. Like there are a few places that have, um, started doing copycat versions, but th I think that's the only place that is doing like the sort of real deal yeah. that, that specializes in that style. Well, you know, you mentioned, um, things that are popular with college students and, um, one of our listeners, Aston on the discord said, you know, I'm just a college student looking for really good foodie spots. I can go with friends and not break, break the bank. Is anything on your list, Lauren, something that you would recommend for like a college student? Yeah, I I, uh, I have a pizza, a slice of pizza on my list. Um, <laughs> Where, what's your pizza? What's it? Yeah, it's well, it, you'll have to go to Sacramento, but I grew up there, so I recommend everyone do that. It's a great place. Um, and this pizzeria slice shop is called Pizza Supreme Being. Uh, yes, and KQED has covered it as well, but I. Um, all the slices are great, but I particularly sort of unexpectedly fell in love with their Hawaiian slice. I growing wait a second. I know. Yeah, hold on. I know. Hold on. <laughs> and I, as a kid, my younger brother used to always want to order Hawaiian pizza as a kid, and it was like a fight every time because I was like, "This is not doesn't taste good, my friend." Um, but <laughs> just, just to just to refresh people who haven't lived in the 1990s, this is pineapple and ham on pizza. ham on pizza, and Pizza Supreme being in Sacramento, the version that he does, he uses first of all like triangles of fresh pineapple so we're not talking like the syrupy overly sweet thing from a can and then instead of canadian bacon he uses chunks of spam which my family that's a, like a, a weekend breakfast staple um and then you know slices of jalapeno so you really are hitting like spicy sweet and meaty and salty all in every bite and for the first time ever i was like i get i get why we're doing hawaiian pizza so um i highly recommend heading over there for the oh my bread. gosh yeah. i um i always thought hawaiian pizza might make a comeback just because you know like anything that like gets labeled as like you know like 
uh, totally out, it's going to eventually bend back around. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe you just called it. You just it's coming. It's coming back. This is the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20, so far, I've called yogurt and uh, <laughs> wine. Pizza. <laughs> um, Luke, do you have something that you're like, okay, 2024? This is like I see the wave approaching of this type of food. uh i don't know you know i'm 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 like a little bit skeptical of that like a way of framing just because i feel like some of these things and i'm i'm guilty of it too like we we see like two new places open and we get we start to get kind of excited um but then i think if you take like a broader like five or ten year like uh look at it is you you'll see like every year is like the year of pizza like every year <laughs> is like the year of ramen every year is you know like there's certain like the year of the sandwich like oh my goodness you know and and but then again like this past year we did have like several really great um sandwich shops opened including deli rama which serves like these amazing um pastrami sandwiches um but you know so i don't know like i i almost feel like when you ask me that question, I just want to say something random that I like and then sort of like try, try to manifest it. So I'll I say, think I've discovered the inner logic of the food critic. Yes. I think this is, it's been revealed oh, for secret. all. So I'm going to call uh, Banhoi Duck Bit, which is like oh. the uh, build your own spring roll pl- platter that my family, uh, like this is my family's favorite thing from this past year. We go to this restaurant in El Cerrito called Tigon, this like family run um vietnamese restaurant um and we always order this like it's basically their special um and uh it comes with like all of the animal groups like so it's got beef pork chicken shrimp it's got crispy egg rolls it's got like fried tofu skin um and it all comes on top of like these little nests of rice rice Mm -hmm. noodles which is what the bun hoi is is um, and then, like like a lot of other Vietnamese dishes, it comes with a whole suite of um, fresh herbs and lettuces um, and bean sprouts and pickled daikon and carrots. Um, and then it also comes with uh, dried rice paper rounds, which you dip in hot water. And then you kind of build your own little thing and, and roll it up. Um, and it's like a fresh uh, spring roll. Um, everyone loves it. Kids love I... it. Uh, when I read it. your description of this, I was like, that is, <laughs> I, this week, yeah. this week that's <laughs> happening. Um, we're talking with Luke Sai, food editor at KQED, Elena Kadvani, food writer at San Francisco Chronicle, and Lauren Saria, editor at Eater SF. It is all you can eat with Luke Sai. We're looking to Bay Area food cultures, and we're talking best dishes of 2023. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is All You Can Eat, our regular collaboration with the KQED food team, joined by Luke Sai, as always, Lauren Saria, editor of Eater SF, and Elena Kadvani, food writer with the San Francisco Chronicle. We are taking your calls and comments on your favorite dishes of 2023 or things you're looking forward to trying in 2024. The email is forum at kqed.org. The phone number is 866 Seven, eight, six. Let's do a little lightning round of things that have come in from listeners. Uh, Susan writes, I've had some amazing meals this past year at Italian Colors in Montclair in Oakland and Beaujolais in Mendocino. But the one that jumps out beyond all is the lamb shank at Dariush in Berkeley. The flavor and texture of the lamb was something beyond anything I'd ever experienced. Uh, let's see. Uh, Olivia writes, hands down. The spicy seafood soup at Le Paradis in Hayward is the best, especially for this winter weather. Um, Sky, with a shout out for Elena, uh, loved the sweet water noodles from Lao Wai Noodles. Elena mm-hmm. wrote an article about it in the Chronicle and possibly Eater. One of the most unique and new Chinese food experiences I experienced in 2023. Thank you. What What is that? Oh, those are so good. It's... Um I guess it's a pop-up still. Um, you order these noodles. There's a crazy long wait list. I did write about it for Eater before I worked at the Chronicle. It was a freelance story <laughs> when Luke was there. Um, and it's th- this guy who used to work at Mr. Jews in San Francisco. And then he also studied noodle making in China. And they are this – so he makes these fresh noodles by himself at home in Daly City. And they're – yeah, they're called Sweetwater Noodles. It's a specific regional variety of noodle. Um and he it comes in this box with all these little sort of accoutrement that you assemble with it, including like a chili sauce and green onion and um, little puffed like rice crisps. And you cook them at home and then assemble it all together. And they are it's some of the best noodles I've had in the Bay Area, oh. but they're hard to get. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, let's bring in uh, Susie in San Francisco. Welcome, Susie. Hi, thank you. Um, I wanted to uh, suggest one restaurant that I think is my favorite seafood restaurant in San Francisco, the California Fish Market Mm. on Green in North Beach. Um, The best scallops I've ever had, and they also always have whole fish. They have their fish displayed on ice, and you can go and choose it. It's really wonderful and, and just a great restaurant. Ah, love that. Thank you so much. Also, because I have a real soft spot in my heart for North Beach, like I still... I. Someday I'll live in North Beach for some period of time. I love that place so much. So always looking for places there. We have another um, location-based shout-out here. How about Jesse in Richmond? Welcome. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. My my recommendation is not one any particular dish, but just to go explore. Like San Pablo Avenue north of El Cerrito, Albany, into Richmond. Even up into San Pablo, there's great Vietnamese, there's great Central American, and there's just stuff like opening up all the time. Just get out there, like... 
check out new places. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. off, the, off the beaten path is what I like about Thank you. And my son's going to scream, so I'm going to get out. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jesse. Um, you know, if there were a best street of 2023 or any other year, it would always be San Pablo for me. I love that street. And Luke, I feel like this is very much up your alley. This is like if the best place on San Pablo going, you know, from Oakland to Richmond. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the Tigon, which I just mentioned, is, of course, on San Pablo Avenue. Um, like, my <laughs> my favorite dumpling shop in the Bay Area, New Dumpling, like, two doors down on San Pablo Avenue. Um, a wealth of amazing Mexican food. One of my favorite um, new places that opened sort of very beginning of this year, end of last year, uh, or sort of beginning of 2023, end of 2022, um, is this... Uh, a Guatemalan restaurant um, called uh, Antojitos Guatemaltecos, um, also on San Pablo Avenue. And I would shout that out because um, I feel like that's still a place that is criminally slept on. Um, they just do like amazing Guatemalan style tamales, which um, there are all different kinds, but sort of like the most famous is that um, sort of Central American style that's very tender, almost jiggly, um, and has like a stew inside of it um, that I love. It's it's just like much more moist, I think, than the typical corn husk wrapped variety that most people think of when they think of tamales. And they also do amazing rice plates, um, like just like a combo plate that comes with like sausage and steak um, and fresh cheese um, and plantains, um, beans, um, everything, all the fixins. Um, and that's just, again, just like this wonderful family run spot um, that I came across just by exploring because they mm. used to just be a little like tamale stand that was like literally like around the corner from my house in Richmond. And I just like stumbled on it um, and, and I didn't even know their schedule. So like if I got lucky, <laughs> you know, they would be there <laughs> and I would buy these delicious tamales. Yeah. Um, and then lo and behold, a couple of years later, they have a restaurant of their own now. Oh, that's great. Um Let's uh let's pick up one more uh, Chilaquiles recommendation. Just you know, round out from the beginning of the show. Uh, welcome, Michael. Hey, what's up, folks? How are you doing? Hey, good, good. So uh, yeah, I'm calling for you know up here in Fairfax, and you know I have to say, so I've owned uh, I used to own a uh, brew pub up here for the past uh, 17 years, and it has never been harder to run a restaurant uh, yeah. um, than it is now. And it's great. You, it is so great. You guys are, are highlighting all these places. It's, it's really wonderful. Um, and I, you know, you guys were talking about uh, the Chilaquiles and there is a, a spot in Fairfax uh, called the hummingbird and uh, Michelle and Jose who own it. Um, they're from New Orleans and Jose is, uh, is Mexican. Um, Michelle is from New Orleans. So they do an amazing, amazing um, mm-hmm. uh, Chilaquiles that um, you know, I've, I've traveled all around, and this is one of the best in the this world. Is and not the only one. can you get a great chili kill, what's that? This is the one. Yeah, this is the one. I mean, for 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 me, this is the one. It just it hit, it checks off all the boxes. All the flavor flavor profiles are great. And not only can you get a great chili killies, but they also have amazing po' boys. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it, it hits a lot of places. But uh, uh, that's that's my that's hey, my shout yeah, out. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Michael. And I think. You're kind of um, leading us down uh, one of the things that we did want to talk about, which is how difficult the restaurant business has become. And I think you know, it's kind of led to, at least for me, going out to different restaurants, you, you kind of can have some weird experiences because they're like wildly understaffed mm-hmm. or like half the stuff isn't on the menu, isn't available that's on the menu. Um, Lauren, what have you been hearing from you know people running restaurants um, about 
how are things going to get back to quote unquote normal? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we all hope so. I think that there are um, some legal uh, change, like, you know, the minimum wage will go up. There are things like that that are going to have an impact certainly on on how what it costs to run a restaurant. Um, And I think that we're still like seeing people's dining habits sort of change. Um, You know, people are going back to the office ish more than they did in like, say, 2021, but not nearly to the extent they were, you know, in 2019. So we're still seeing a lot of restaurants opening in places that would historically have been seen as more like neighborhood, neighborhoods that didn't have destination type of restaurants. Um, But at the same time, there were a lot of openings in the past six months, especially sort of in and around downtown San Francisco. I think there's so much vacancy down there that um, there's now an opportunity for people to kind of start moving in. And, um, you know, like I'm quite excited and a lot of people are quite excited about um, a former pop-up called Four Kings that's going into a space in Chinatown. And I think that's the type of thing that I think seeing first-time um, restaurant owners and sort of younger chefs going into neighborhoods that have struggled to rebound from the pandemic, that if we see more of that, mm-hmm. I do think things will kind of start to come back in a good way. Elena, you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think last year was certainly defined by uh, many closures and closures of mm-hmm. restaurants that looked outwardly successful, that were busy, that were popular. Um, there's a long, long list. Um, Dumpling Club and the Mission, Queens in San Francisco, which I loved. Yeah. Um, institution places, like all kinds of different restaurants. Um, and I've been hearing that restaurant owners are really worried that there's going to be more of that this year. Things mm-hmm. are just really uncertain. Um, the pressures of inflation, the lack of sort of full return to office, tech layoffs, like all these sort of bigger forces that are affecting um, restaurants, is, it's still very much happening. Um, and I don't know, at one point in the pandemic, someone told me, a restaurant owner told me, you should go, if there's a place that you love and you don't want to disappear, you should go there now or make a point to go there. And it's a really depressing <laughs> way to think about it. Yeah. But um, some of those places for me closed last year. So I do think about that a lot and being purposeful about supporting places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple questions about best. Jeff wants to know best vegan meal. And Martha says, you know, last year being the hottest record, a lot of us are trying to reduce our meat consumption. Can you recommend new innovative vegetarian options? Yes, I have one. I just came to mind. Um, Sandy's in San Francisco in the hate is a muffalata shop. And while their main thing is muffalata, which is a very meat filled (laughs) sandwich from New Orleans, um, they also make an incredible vegetarian version with mushrooms. And it sounds like it would be sort of like the sad alternative to having a mushroom burger (laughs) of sandwiches. No, but it's genuinely really good. I I would eat either the meat or the vegetarian version happily. Mm, What about you, Luke? Um, I wanted to, so this doesn't, maybe doesn't fall into the sort of new and trendy um, category, mm-hmm. uh, but the most exciting um, vegetarian meal that I had um, this whole year was at Masab, uh, which is this um, kind of stalwart e- e- yeah. e- Ethiopian staple on P- Piedmont Avenue that I had probably been to like 10 years ago and just forgot about. Um, and then I went back this year because I remembered uh, that my friend uh, Ruth, um, who, who you know, who was oh, yeah. uh, pr- preceded me um, at uh, KQED as, as food writer here, had recommended it when she wrote this great history of the Ethiopian veggie combo. Um, and I went and I ordered it 
Um, and there's certain add-ons that you can get. So you can get kind of like the deluxe version of that, which comes with um, mushroom wat and also a buticha, which is this like very garlicky um, sort of um, spread. Um, and man, this this is like the best Ethiopian veggie combo that, that I can <laughs> recall having. Um, because I think, you know, like by its definition, it's like, it's like a fun to eat sort of thing. You know, you, you have all the different little stews and it's very colorful. Um, but I realized after eating that, that like some of the versions that I've had in the past were maybe like not as flavorful as I thought, because then I had masabs and it was just like each mm. particular item, like the flavors just popped so much and were so distinct from each other. Um, and like that buticha, um, is just this like cool and creamy spread that just like s stuck out in my memory so much. Um, so I would recommend that, like, I mean, it's a great place if you're a meat eater too, like they do serve meat, but I would happily, as someone who normally eats a lot of meat, I would happily eat that veggie combo any, any day, anytime. Nice. Uh, and on the other side, um, we're going to hear from David in Oakland about his favorite <laughs> barbecue spot hey <clears throat> thank you and good morning and forgive my baby in the background there um a spot in alameda on park street that is uh excellent called fix skew f-i-k skew um incredible barbecue that's awesome I um I have not heard of Fix Q on you know Alameda though is kind of intriguing me as a as a food destination I um went to uh, I, I went to Spinning Bones which got a bib gourmand um, from Michelin and I found it like the food so fascinating because it wasn't like fusion food but it was like Bay Area influenced it had all these. You know, you would eat the eat in each individual dish, and you'd be like, "I recognize elements of this from so many different Bay Area cultures." And it struck me as if, like, you know, if you could run the clock forward like fifty years from now, like that would be what Bay Area food was—was was this kind of like not fusion, but this just kind of natively multicultural kind of cuisine. Um, are there are there other places you are looking forward to, Lauren, in, going to in twenty twenty four? Oh, man, going to in 2024. Um, I mean, I mentioned last time, uh, just previously, uh, Four Kings, which is going to open this year. Mm -hmm. I think I feel pretty confident saying that is probably the most highly anticipated restaurant uh Opening. opening of this year, at least among sort of like food writers. What kind of food is working? It is. Um, it's actually kind of exactly what you were just talking about. It's they call it Canto nostalgia food. It's um, a team that came out of the Mr. Jew's kitchen and they did pop ups this whole year. And first of all, those were like you had to get jump online and grab yeah, your no, seat immediately. No <laughs> it was yeah. very hard to get yeah. seats. Um, and yeah, so they're really doing exactly what you were saying, sort of taking these dishes from their experiences and um, both sort of growing up and cooking professionally and making them their own. Um, I finally caught them at their last pop-up of the year, which was actually a collaboration with another pop-up. So I can't say I've seen the like the purest version of their food, but everything that evening was amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm, that I'm yeah. very, very excited about. Luke, how about you? What are you looking forward to 2024? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I am like at this point in my life, like sort of a little bit just naturally skeptical of fine dining. <laughs> you know, like I feel like 
I've just been burned a lot. And, and sometimes it's just like I go and it's interesting, but it doesn't really excite me. Um, but that being said, um, Selassie Dotse is mm -hmm. this um, Ghanaian chef um, who's been do, you know, she's worked at a lot of interesting places and, and she's primarily doing, um, they're doing pop-ups now and they are doing uh, these Ghanaian Ethiopian pop-ups at Cafe Kaluchi hmm. um, that, uh, 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 and they're fine dining Ghanaian Ethiopian um, pop-ups, which again is like the kind of thing where you're just like, well, yeah, I guess we're in the Bay Area, you know. Like, I think <laughs> like that is that is a thing that that can happen and that can thrive in the Bay Area. So um, uh, they are a chef uh, that I, I respect a lot just from talking to them a bunch in terms of their ideas about about food and about restaurant culture and community. Um, but I haven't ha actually had a chance to try their food yet, so I'm excited about um, finding an opportunity to do that. Um, also and more San Pablo representation, I would say. Too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's um, and then there's a restaurant that um, Caesar, who we've had on a couple of times at the Chronicle, wrote up uh, that I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about since uh, since I read his review. And it's this place in San Jose called Egglicious India, which That's is on my 2024 list, in, too. <laughs> entirely egg based Rest, Indian restaurant where like every dish has eggs in it. Um, and uh, it's just like so fascinating. <laughs> like, yeah, I was about to say, cultural, I, I yeah, can... context for that. <laughs> um, and also just sounds and looks delicious. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to check oh, that's that out. So good. Elena? I was literally going to say egglicious. <laughs> ah, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, and I think I mean the idea of places like that that they they focus on something so sing singular and maybe is new to us or hard to find. Um, those are the places that I feel so excited about, and I hope we see more of this year. You know, the place um, I was going to shout out is Juanita and Mods, which I've I've wanted to go to that place. They got like the restaurant of the year from Berkeley side, you know, and it has like that particular kind of. Um, neighborhood like i'm a neighborhood place that just like does everything right mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like there's yeah. just like every time i see their like social media stuff every I, i'm always just like oh that's so nicely done you know and i <laughs> i just you know you kind of want to reward a place like that it's kind of like we were saying earlier mm -hmm. you know you you worry that even a place like that could could go under if people just take it for granted that it's just you know a great neighborhood spot so we will be back with many more All You Can Eat. We've been talking about the best things we ate in 2023 and a little bit about things we're looking forward to in 2024. We've been joined by Lauren Saria, editor at Eater SF. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We've also been joined by Elena Kadvani, food writer at the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And Luke Sai, as always, food editor here at KQED and our partner here in All You Can Eat with Luke Sai. Thanks so much, Luke. Thanks, Alexis. Thanks to all the people who wrote in and sent us their favorite dishes. This is Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with guest host Grace Wan. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.